Hey podcast, uh, before we get into podcast, when I say hey podcast, I mean all of you who are listening. So first of all, thank you for listening. Second of all, uh, two little things for you to know about before we get into today's podcast. One, the Monday to Monday playlist uh, that Mike Boyd and I curate each week on Monday with uh, a lot of incredible music from a ton of emerging stars, especially if you're into Latin trap and hip hop. It's really made for you. Obviously if you're Caleb and you love metal, not for you. But if you are uh, the majority of people that enjoy hip hop or Latin trap, very, very much up for you. And so you can see that on Apple and on Spotify, Monday to Monday. I'm not sure exactly what, if you search Monday to Monday, it should pop up. That should be good. Search Monday to Mo- Monday to Monday on those two platforms to subscribe to the playlist. And I hope you listen and I hope you enjoy this podcast. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. What up podcast for today's episode of Tea with Gary V number three. Gary does a two hour Q&A session answering questions about using your time wisely during this quarantine, how to find your passion and making money while you're stuck inside. If you would like to know how you can chat with him on his Facebook live stream, check the links below as well as hit us up to let us know what you thought and I hope you enjoy. Morning everybody, tea time. It is tea time. I think we should have a tea time song. Tea time with tea time. Anyway, that's my jam. Anyway, uh, good good morning. Good morning on this beautiful Wednesday. We've got two hours of Q and A. Um, if you uh, <clears throat> if you want to ask your questions, two one two nine three one five seven three one. Text me your question. Uh, I'm really excited to be on with you guys. The last two days have been pretty remarkable, um, and uh, got a little bit of uh, oolong tea and a whole lot of love in my heart and a couple of good opinions, observations, and hypotheses in my head. So without further ado, Dustin, let's get this train moving. The first one we're coming up is Brian. Hey, Brian, you're on. <laughs> hey, Brian. Gary, how are you? Good to see I'm you. well, brother. Good to see you. What's cooking? I was going to wear my uh, Phillies hat this morning. I'm glad I didn't. Didn't want, didn't want to deal with that combo. <laughs> honestly, bro, I'm a humong- Honestly, I'm a humongous Philly fan. Like I, we both, we both hate the, uh, we both hate the uh, Giants. Um, I think Philly is rugged and real. In a lot of ways, I think Philly is more New York than New York. In a lot of ways, so I'm about Philly. The Eagles don't That's bother awesome. me. Uh, the Knicks haven't been good enough for the Sixers to bother me. They haven't been good either. Uh, and even though I'm raising my little guy a Mets fan because of his cousins, uh, I, I grew up a Yankee fan, so I don't have I don't have that passion against the Phillies. Plus, I love Bryce Harper. So, anyway, nonetheless, <laughs> my man, what's good? Let's get to it, man. So, obviously, you know, you kind of know where we're at. Um, you know, the architecture, the visualization, the construction side of things. Why don't you Why don't for- you tell people? Because obviously, we know each other. Yeah, a little bit. we've met. Before yeah, of on course. Some calls, but help everybody understand what you do. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I run a company called Design Buns based here in Philadelphia. Uh, We help people take the virtual world and turn it into the physical world. You know, in-house, we have an architecture department, a 3D visualization and marketing team that creates 3D renderings, animations for people around the nation uh, to help pre-sell and pre-lease real estate. And then we also physically build construction and do a lot of that design build here in Philadelphia and around the uh, greater area. Obviously, with the shutdown and everything, you know, it's kind of affecting multiple facets, but more than anything, it's affected the construction side. You know, unfortunately, I had to lay off about 10% of my staff on that realm. Yep. Um, but, but fortunately for us, you know, the, the architecture and visualization side are continuing to 
to continue. We're signing contracts. We're still bringing money through the door. Um, but one of the issues that just seems to be kind of plaguing my organization right now is this new adaption to the work from home life. You know, everyone's, you know, into that, you know, architects, you know, everyone's collaborating typically side by side. And now everyone's like kind of feeling the woes from just being away from each other. So, you know, obviously I know you have a thousand people. I'm just and wondering we, and we, what and you're also, doing to. I mean, and we're doing a lot. Of, I mean, one of the phone calls from leadership was people are burnt out. I'm like burnt out. Like we have a like, but, but as you dig under the hood, mm-hmm. people have their kids at home. So that's making them stressful. Um, you know, uh, I am a collaborator by nature. Like Team mm-hmm. Gary Vee sits on top of itself right outside my office because I love that shit. I think, you know, I'll tell you, I think one of the things leaders have to do and CEOs have to do during this time, whether you have one one employee, whether you have 30 employees, whether you have a thousand employees, is recognize that it's not a long period of time. Like I'm not crippled by the notion of Team Gary. I was talking to Andy yesterday, he runs Team Gary. Obviously, you know him, we've talked about Mm -hmm. some stuff recently. Uh, I'm kind of weirdly okay if they're not productive for 90 days. Like I... I go into, it's on my shoulders. Like I'm sitting all day yesterday for 12 hours going through costs that don't affect people's salaries and jobs. Um, Good things for me. Everything to put us in a place where I feel like I work for our employees during this crisis. They don't work for me. And so for you, you have a small company, right? Like how many people again? Uh, well, now, no, 28 now. So. Perfect. So I would talk to all 20. What I would do if I were you is I'd call all 28 and be like, hey, I know, Pam, that you love sitting next to Cindy. Do you guys collaborate that way? Try to do it on Zoom if you can't. Don't don't overly beat yourself up. If it's an 8 out of 10 this time because you're the kind of person that loves to collaborate, that's how you – don't overjudge yourself. Don't worry about – like my big thing is like crying over spilled tea is a complete fucking waste of time. Yeah. Like the coronavirus is here. We're not sitting together. The mm-hmm. end. So some realistic compassion is how I would attack it. Okay. No, I like that. Um, it just is what it fucking is. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, we keep calling it the new norm for now. I mean, you know, my, that's where people side. are getting, that's where people are fucking it up. It's, it's, it's the new temporary norm. Okay. And like some people are hearing the new norm, like, and they're like, like some, this is back to patience. Mm-hmm. This is going to be 0.004% of most people's life this time. Like this is a fucking blip. This is like a non-productive. You made a bunch of fucking bad decisions. Uh, six months, like the amount of six month periods I've had in my business in the last 22 years that suck shit. Cause I made a bad decision 12 months earlier and the concept or the strategy that like, this ain't shit. This is like, make them happy, right? Okay. Make them fucking happy. Be like, yeah, you can't sit next to Pam and shoot the shit and make the work better, but pretty cool to like actually have more downtime than people think. Cause we don't know what you're actually, <laughs> thinking. you know, like, like go there. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, kind of related to that, how, you know, two kind of two questions in one, are you looking if at any for government indicators for how long this is going to last or how long do you I don't, typically I don't, think this is going to, you know, in I your gut, do. how long do you think we have in, in my this, gut, in this environment, in, in my gut, in this environment of like actually not being physically together yeah. four to eight weeks, okay. uh, the Ram of, you know, this $2 trillion package that got passed last night. Like, I'm not sure what the quote unquote ramifications are. Here's what I can tell you. And you've been, and you know this, I've been talking this a lo- about this a long time. 
a lot of entrepreneurs haven't been during a time that they got punched in the face. Here we go. And the question is, bro, like, do you get up or do you lay there and get counted out? Like, it's not super complicated to your point. Some of your business is working, but like, you know, look, if people stop building because, you know, construction, all building goes down, that, that will affect you. And guess what? You'll then convert your virtual software to fucking like something else. Like, or, or you'll cry, fold and, and work somewhere. I mean, it's not super complicated. What I, and I actually want entrepreneurs to not demonize the step backwards to work. So I think this could be the greatest era of, of fake or over leveraged or first time entrepreneurs that got caught Mm-hmm. Then say fuck. Then strategically get a job for two or three years where they know there's like you know right. If I said to you, bad news, you have to get a job. Entrepreneurship yep. is illegal in America, but it's going to be legal in three years. But you have to get a job. You would say, okay, let me get a job that rounds out some of my skills, or let me find a mentor or somebody I look up to or something of that nature that I can learn from. I think that might actually happen to some entrepreneurs and I'm telling all the entrepreneurs out there or that, or the not, not the best versions of the entrepreneur self the first time around, maybe use this moment to take a step back to go and get a job and work for somebody that you admire work for Nancy. Cause you look up to her ability as this and that learn for two years, swallow that humility pill and come back in 2022 uh, more prepared than ever. So there's just yep. going to be a lot of, there's nothing but opportunity, bro. No, I, I, uh, I appreciate that. And one of my favorite things you said yesterday was entrepreneurship's cool until the money dries up. It's right. <laughs> it's so true. I was bro, I'm going to try to get to a lot of, a lot so, of questions today. I'll see you Gary, soon. Thank, thank you, you so much, brother. See you soon. Thank oh, you. Sid owes me a phone call, by the way. All right, Sid, get on it, you fuck. <laughs> I love Sid. I have a call with him today, so I'm sure that's about it. Thank you, brother. Yep, thanks, Gary. Uh, Dustin, are you asking me to do something here? I yeah, just the video got turned off. There you go. Okay, okay. awesome. You turned uh, it off by accident? Yeah, it switched off. By the way, I was, ju- I was just uh, off the air for uh, three seconds. That was Dustin Lee's fault. Uh, you know, <laughs> I just want everybody to know that. Oh, God. Uh, big shout out to everybody who's watching on Twitter and TikTok and IG. I know my team is holding up their uh, phones to the screen right now. So I appreciate that for all of you that are watching on other platforms and Facebook. 212-931-5731. Just text me. That is my community app texting platform where I do one-on-one texting and bulk messaging for inspiration and opportunity. Uh, And that is where we are taking the questions from. You'll be contacted by one of my team today, tomorrow, as we keep doing tea with Gary Vee and get you on this Zoom. So let's go to the next one. What do you got, Dustin? We got Ashley. Yep, this is Ashley. Hi, Gary. Good morning. Morning, Ash. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm super well. Good. I'm in uh, California, so like you, we're in the lockdown, and I own a small branding and marketing agency. Half of my clients are doing what your advice has been, like creating content, using this time to lean out unnecessary expenses. But then I have a small segment of creatives, like. Um, photographers, you know, makeup artists and, um, you know, guitar teachers that don't necessarily have the audience to create an online course or do anything online with clients at this time. Is there any advice that you can give them or give me to help uh, support them during this time to get sales in for this next four, eight hundred weeks now? For some of them, it's for some of them. It's, Hey, we fucking told you to build a fucking community. 
on the internet, <laughs> you didn't think that something like this could happen. Here we the fuck are. But mm. instead of saying wah, 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 or fuck you, or I'm sorry, or I'm sorry, no crying in baseball. <laughs> they need to get, they need to immediately start a TikTok and LinkedIn and YouTube and podcast. They, they, it, what they're going to do right now is dwell. Right. Now, now, could they go on Instagram live and perform on the guitar and ask for tips? They're going to have to ask for, they're going to have to ask for handouts. They don't have an audience to sell to. And if mm. they start by trying to sell to everybody right away, you know, they're not going to convert very high and they're going to ruin their brand in perpetuity. Now, one can say, fuck my brand. I have no money. So right. to that point, Ashley, if they want to make a, uh, a course or an ebook, they're more than welcome. I have a very bad feeling it's not going to do very well. Right. I'd and rather than put on free concerts on IGTV and ask for donations like a telethon. I mm. think that you could see that. I think there's people with compassion. I mean, I've been doing, I mean, I bought fucking a bunch of fucking honey yesterday and like I, I've been buying tens of thousands of masks. And so like I, there's a lot of compassion out there for people who can help. And so I think a free concert on IGTV with literally a telethon where they throw up their, I would set up a Venmo. Mm. I would pin the, I would, here's what I would. Uh, all right. So obviously I gave you the answer that like, I'll give you the, the actual answer of what can be done that might help them. And then in parallel, what I'd like them to do. Right. They're in okay. dire, dire straits. They started IGTV. They, they create a Venmo. They, they post with their account, the Venmo username. This is my Venmo. Uh, any donations, if you feel compelled, any donations to my Venmo and then username, pin it. Then they pin it, right? You know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about, right? Yeah. And then they put on a fucking eight-hour concert. And then in between songs, they're like, by the way, thank all 70, because they're small. Right. Thank all seven of you, you know, that actually let's go through the whole process. Then they post on their Facebook and their email and they text every single person. This is not a joke. Ev text every single person in your phone with the URL to your Instagram and say, if you could please follow me, it would mean the world. I need to build this during this time. So now all of a sudden you've got 137 names, 4,000 names in your in, in your phone number. You text all of them. You convert 10% of them of let's say, 1800 you send a post on your dormant Facebook post to your Instagram you email your entire address list and now all of a sudden miraculously through just asking you've got 383 people then you go live of those 383 on Instagram you know 29 watch you right but here's what's fun of the 29 that watch you one is a person in your phone that you knew in college but you don't even really know that well but they decided to tune in because everybody's fucking bored Right. That person actually currently happens to work for ABC News in Charlotte and decides to take a photo of you being on Instagram Live and write a story, which then leads to huge exposure for you, which then leads to you having a bigger audience, which then leads to more people donating a week from now. Because I'm doing Tea with Gary Vee. I mean, there is a chance that this Q&A show, Tea with Gary Vee, becomes like a syndicated national show for me, and that becomes my destiny all because of this. There's a lot of good and opportunity that'll come for them. So A, first accountability. Like, sorry, mm -hmm. bucko, you should have fucking been doing this because I want them to do it, post this. Then number two, you give them the advice I just gave you. Okay, that's great. There's a lot of people right now who should be doing telethons with pinned Venmo accounts, doing stand-up comedy, 
playing, entertaining kids with puppet shows that can make a ton of money because there's a lot of parents of wealth who saved money, who've got a lot of people, whether parents or their parents or their children that they need to entertain in a small corridor in their home right now. And nothing would make them happier than to throw up a live. Uh, and, and when they walk by, they're like, fuck it. Like literally in this setting with TV, kids are watching or parents are watching. I'm on my phone. I see it. I'm like, fuck it. This guy's doing me a huge favor. Here's a $50 donation to your Venmo. I think we just made a ton of people, a ton of money that needed it bad. The problem is Ash, that was one of the better piece of advices that I've given in my career. It's a great idea for the coronavirus right now. And still, 95% of the people that are watching right now or when they clip this tomorrow for Instagram that need to do it won't mm -hmm. because people are worried about judgment. They're too proud to ask for donation. I respect that. I probably have a little bit of that in me. Uh, they're too scared to do it on video. They don't, they don't like how their makeup looks. Like, I, I just encourage everybody to do things during this time that make you uncomfortable. This whole thing in the macro is uncomfortable. This is the time to practice getting uncomfortable. The ability to be uncomfortable, but be practical, is one of the most important capabilities of an entrepreneur and a leader. I agree, and what's your advice though? Because that's, even when times are good, people are still uncomfortable to, to ask for the sales, to market their business, which is why, I mean, why you give it away and most people don't execute what can you say to those people to help them maybe finally get that tipping point to go and execute this stuff right now? Uh, no, realizing they have no choice. That's what's good about times like this. Yeah. Or number two, stop worrying about other people's fucking opinion. Like I, you know, this is why I pound people. The only reason mm -hmm. people don't post and don't make is because they're insecure. Mm -hmm. The end. You're yeah. worried what your mom's going to think, your brother's going to think, your best friend's going to think. You think you've gained 15 pounds. You think you don't good look with makeup. You think that you're balding. You think that you are dumb. You think who the fuck's going to care. Like I, people care. We, we're fucking nosy as shit. Everybody cares about everything. Go fucking make. I love it. Thank you so much, I Gary. love you. See ya. Talk to you right. soon. All right. We're off to a good start here. We are off to a good start here. See you Gary. Uh, okay, big shout out to Dr. Taran Khan on Twitter. By the way, everybody, please actually let's take a quick stop. Everybody right now, please tweet this, share this, share this on Facebook, share this on your Instagram, like take a screenshot if you're on Instagram and post it. Uh, if you're on Twitter right now, please post. I just retweeted Dr. Taran Khan, who's got a nice little uh, picture up there. It's time to Get Tea with Gary V out there to the masses. Let's get this stream going. What's good, Sky? Hey, Gary. So um, I'm from Jersey like you. Um, I'm a college student that came back from being kicked out of school because of the quarantine and everything. And um, my family owns a small gym in, uh, in Moab County. And we were dealing with this, part? you know, um, Keyport, Moab County. Right yep, in, I know like, it. Yep. Yeah. So we're dealing with um, the gym being closed now because of the mandate. And so my dad and I have tried to innovate and do online classes um, for the classes that he has are big classes, but the um, general members who come in, we want, we're worried about retaining them and making sure that um, all those new members still are engaged with our platform and um, are still here. So how, what is your advice on maintaining that and being able to facilitate their needs that we can't really facilitate if they're not inclined to take classes with us online? Understood. Couple things. One, first of all, you're a really good looking dude. I needed to say that. Good job, Scott. Number two, and a good smile. Fuck. Number two, 
first thing I would do if I uh, was the kind of other son in this family, I would say, Sky, Dad, we need to call every customer. We need to sit here and call every customer and say, how are you doing? We miss you. Uh, just wanted you to, like, I would call every customer. Engagement doesn't just come in the utility of what your gym provided with a physical location and weights and, and exercise equipment. I think if you were to call all 50, 500, 5,000, I don't know how many members there are, um, over this next week, and just said, just checking in on you. How's your health and fitness? You know, we love you. Jersey's fucking strong. That's not what we got this. <laughs> been through 9-11, been through other shit. Um, a, I think you'd find 25% of them that would have never considered doing online stuff because they wouldn't have found you on Instagram or YouTube or Facebook might in that conversation and you're looking for it when you're talking to them say, oh, I'd love to FaceTime in for a class of just push-ups and things of that nature, right? Like I'm virtually working out right now with my trainer, Mike, and I'm like on my fucking chair and the, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot you can do. Um, there's the ability for you guys, if you financially are sound enough, like for example, Wine Library, I'm talking to Brandon today, came up with this yesterday. We have food in the gourmet department, you know, that is, uh, is probably in a month or so going to go spoiled, right? So what we're doing right now is going through all our best local customers, putting together $25 and $50 food gift baskets and just sending it to them. Yeah. Not even trying to sell it to them. You know, one of the things you guys could do is there might be a $12, $25 weight dumbbell, something that you guys believe in or like. Maybe you call that supplier or even buy it or reach out to 50 of them and say, hey, can you ship this? to my 450 members, I'll pay you half price for it. Or they'll say, fuck you, business is booming. And you'll be like, okay, I'll, you just decide to buy it. You decide that it's worth $12 a user to keep them. Got it? Yeah. This is a time when you have to spend, this is where every business owner is gonna make a mistake. This is the time business owners need to spend more money on keeping their customers. If they can, not everybody's in that position. But money comes in a lot of form. Money comes in the form of, of inventory you're sitting on, right? You know, the, it comes in the form of, of spoiled inventory for food people. Uh, so I would just innovate with, com with deep one-to-one, hand-to-hand combat on calls. Yeah. Try to convert some of those people. Like I hated the idea of working from home and I'm in day three and I'm getting used to it. So some of them might like virtually working out. And then number three, rogue stuff, like actually maybe sending weights to their house and like, and that, this is the time to double down on your customer, not beg them to support you if you can afford it. A lot of times that's not just money sitting in the bank. That's with inventory and things sitting in your business. Yeah. My dad kind of did that a little bit with the clients that he had with the big classes. So he let them come in sign out like a kettlebell and like um, a dumbbell to like work out at Let's home. Go. So we could like do like dynamic workouts. That's so, fucking like, we're, amazing. Smart. So we're kind of like seeing this opportunity to like really build that online brand Scott, and kind of build that. Scott, call, call every customer. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's a big idea. Yeah, definitely. I want to definitely share that with him. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, I appreciate you, bro. Just another thing real quick. Um, so as a college student being home, um, you know, everything's very uncertain in the next like couple months and looking at like internships in the summer, should I just like, you know, badger people uh, like, cause I don't wanna be insensitive and be like, you know, networking and everything. Uh, I, I think it's a great, listen, I'll be honest with you. Like 
full transparency, like 99% of VaynerMedia doesn't know this. I'm looking at the internship program for Vayner this year and possibly not doing it because I have to save every job that I possibly can. And yeah. we're losing revenue because of Corona. And so um, I, I, what I would say is I would put out content on Instagram and LinkedIn. Even if you, and again, if you don't have a LinkedIn account, you just create one and you just post of why you're going to crush internship tw summer 2020 and you talk about like everyone's gonna be pent up and i'm a social dude and i can't wait to like you know I, I i think i think i think making content versus begging and pleading i think going offense and saying why you can versus hoping or or desperation is always the answer yeah. so what I would say is I think you should be on pants on fire, but I don't think that should be in the form of like, you know, please, if you have anything, I'll fuck. I think it becomes in the form of you making videos and written posts about why you're going to be the greatest single intern of the summer of 2020 and that going viral or catching one person's eye. That's how I think shit works. Okay. You know, all these fucking rugged entrepreneurs that I knew that like fucking thought they were fucking big shots have been fucking DMing me like, yo, do you know anybody in the government? Like we need a bailout. I'm like, <laughs> you know, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, why, why not? Why not all take a step back? Like maybe you need to sell your fucking Mercedes and fucking take the bus. Like it's facts. Facts. Everybody <laughs> was a fucking big shot because they raised capital and they were burning more money than the making or because they had loans or they're in massive debt. Everybody fucking wanted to front on Instagram so much or claim they're so fucking rich instead of actually doing it and living it. Fucking. It's true. Yeah. It's the truth. <laughs> it's super true. All right, Scott. Talk to you, bro. Talk to you. It's fucking tea time. A whole lot of fucking capitalists, buddies of mine. Guys and gals thinking they're tough guys and gals now want the government to bail them out because they didn't save a fucking penny. They didn't man manage their cash flow. By the way, everybody. Yes. Anyway. You I see people sharing. Big shout out to Colleen Costello. Big shout out to Rushkin Udin. Big shout out to Sonia. Uh, really appreciate everybody sharing. Please share, share, share. And real quick. One little fun one, big shout out. I was just talking about the gourmet food. Anybody who's watching, yummytext.com. Uh, another insight, please sign up for wine text or yummy text, yummy, Y-U-M-M-Y, -M -M text, wine text. Sign up for my dad's text service programs, uh, kind of like Groupon for gourmet food and wine. Um, but hey, I want to help my dad and, I, and the deals are ridiculous and I know people are getting delivered wine and food, but more importantly, I think a lot of you should start text platforms for your businesses. It's been crushing for us. Olivia, what's good? Hey, how are you? I'm well, how are you? I'm great. This is really awesome for me. I've been following you for at least six years now. Uh, so big influence in all my stuff. It's insane Thank right you. now. Okay. <laughs> um, but I really wanted to talk to you because I'm... I've been working for a lot of years, kind of slowly building up what I wanted to do. I know that I really wanted to work with people, you know, emotionally, physically, mentally. Um, my degree is in psychology, was working on, you know, my master's in sports and performance psychology, but I'm a personal trainer, I'm a dancer choreographer, and I, you know, subconsciously knew what I wanted to do, but I was finding different ways, like, how do I really want to bring this together? And this year, this past year, I was like, 
it kind of clicked to me exactly what I wanted to do. And so I'm really bringing together, I want to kind of have um, a major platform and have like subdivisions of what I do instead of like outside sourcing, but to refer back to myself. So whether it's like for my massage therapy, whether it's for personal training, for, you know, dance training, stuff like that. Um, but my question was mostly, um, do you think it would be best to kind of continue the training that I'm doing now, continue the, like the dance classes that I have now? Um, and then as I get my new certifications and licenses, just kind of folding everything in layer by layer, or do you think yes. that, cause, okay, gotcha. Cause that's what I was like. Let me tell you something. You're charismatic and a great communicator. And so like, how much content are you making? I'm literally right now cleaning everything that I have starting not even from scratch, but really I just started my, you know, TikToking and I was posting, you know, a few videos yesterday. Like I literally just started like my real TikTok. I was doing what you said. I was watching, I was learning, um, and kind of absorbing what people were doing. Um, so I'm revamping all of my social media right now and literally cleaning. And, and when you say revamping, out. shoot straight with me, Olivia, when you say revamping, like, were you just bullshitting, like just not posting enough? Yeah, I wasn't posting enough. Why? Why? Somebody who follows Gary Vee for six years, somebody who has this kind of charisma, has fucking dimples. Like, why are we, you know, why are we not posting? Tell me the fucking truth. Go real with me. Because here's the two things that worry me and excite me. If you're following me for six years, and I've been consistent as fuck yes. about, and you're this good on camera naturally, and have this kind of articulation and kind of like flow and just like, I, I like like you within two seconds, right? Why, like that warm smile, like tell me the truth now. Why the fuck are you not posting 12 times a day? That was honestly just myself getting to myself, 100%. I was overthinking, overanalyzing. Whose feedback are you more scared of in this poll? A, anonymous people saying you're ugly, you're stupid, you're dumb. B, having low numbers. So when somebody sees that you only have 313 followers, you thought that that would position you poorly and they wouldn't pay for your thing. Or C, family that just, you know, parents or, or, or whoever your most loved ones are that may just judge you. A, B, C, all of them, B, C, B, A, A, B, C, A, just B, what? Um, honestly, it was more so being nervous Tell me the putting truth. Out yeah honestly I was more uh nervous about putting out content that i was prejudging like even if like if it was like a dance video if i didn't feel like it was up to par of what i really could do and i messed something up then i was like i don't want somebody to see this and prejudge off of one video and then they don't because come back. and that was me and because you and let's talk this through because you knew that ultimately you wanted them to pay you for something and thus if there's something wrong there it made you vulnerable for them not to have confidence in paying you so like when i'm in person i have no problem with portraying Anything. my intent and what i really believe my who i really am but when somebody just like picks up social media there's so much out there like in my head, I was overthinking and saying, well, they only have that one shot to see one video to come back and learn who I, you know, and get a chance to, to vibe with me, you know? So let when me, I'm in class, me, I have no problem me, with that. Let me teach you the mentality I have that this may be a huge breakthrough for everybody's watching. Let me teach you the difference between winning 88 to 13 versus losing one to zero. Olivia right now is thinking about losing one to zero. Gary lives in thinking about winning 88 to 13. You think that one post 
can then lead to one loss. I think that one post leads to 88 wins and 13 losses. And I don't give a fuck about those 13 losses. Yeah. Got it? When you laugh at the end of your dance and you're like, oh, fuck, I missed my elbow move. That's going to make you endearing to a lot of people. And you're going to have more people like you and sign up with you than the people like, oh, she's not technically sound. You're judging yourself out of this ideology of perfection that then leads to your ambition because you're not understanding the end consumer well enough. You're not understanding the market well enough. The market is 88 to 13 when you're good. When you're bad, it's 13 to 88, which is why people don't grow. Actually, when you really suck at it, it's one to 99. 100 people see it, 99 think you're corny, you suck. And, but, like, but even one to 99, is a better mentality than thinking you're losing one to zero. The reason you haven't made shit in six years is you're thinking about losing one to zero and that's not how content works. Yeah. And I agree. And it's like, I, it was like so many things. And that's what I'm like, I just kind of like got out of what I knew I should be doing and now I'm actually doing it. So I'm really going hard. That's I'm making that's time cause, for that. That's because like that's that's Corona is going to help a lot of people. And that's corona, my thing is I don't want to sit around be, doing nothing. Corona is going to be devastating for tons of families, unfortunately, around the world. It breaks my fucking heart. But corona, don't get it twisted. Corona is going to help so many people. This was the pause that you needed to push. This yes. moment would have never fucking happened. I'd be in a meeting with fucking GE right now. You know, like, corona is going to help a lot of people. Uh, Olivia, go take it. Go take it. Please yeah. stop. Po- uh, Olivia, if I don't see you fucking post five things today, two TikToks, two Instagrams, one YouTube, like stop, fucking make, just talk, tell a story. Don't over, now you're going to be pumped. You're going to hang up like, oh my God. And, but then four hours you're gonna be like, what do I post? Fucking tell a story, tell a fucking story. And I have a whole bunch that I've been doing. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. Take care. Thank you. Love it. All right. I see people are, uh, I see people, uh, are sharing. Thank you, Mike Verilotti, uh, Jay Biggest Loser. Always good to see you. Adriana, what's good? Miriam, um, Mo. But I, I see Twitter's quiet. I need a lot more tweets. I need a lot more tweets. Take some screenshots, share it. If you're watching on Twitter, I need a lot more tweets. I'm Gary VEE on Twitter. Let's get some sharing going. And it is time for Denise. Hey, Gary. How are you? I'm good. And yourself? I'm well. That's good to hear. Um, well, what I can say is I'm not quite sure if you got a chance to read what I reached out to you with, but um, pretty much my story is not like many people, but a lot of people. When I okay. say that, it's like I have so many ideas and I've always seen you say that pretty much an idea is shit if there's no execution. Right, because it never becomes real. Exactly. So it there's dies just so in your ma- fucking head. Exactly. So there's just so many ideas that, see, I had to boil it down to brand contenting like just brand content is just something that i'm extremely passionate about i love taking something that's absolutely nothing and making it huge and that's how and and how have you experienced that so far well i when i was like 18 19 Mm -hmm. i started off um managing a studio okay and at first i didn't get the you know, the chance to, you know, really excel until he finally was like, you know what, I'm going to give you the position. And then, you know, you can do as you please with the studio. And once he did that, I was able to 
get locals into the studio and promote the studio and using what uh social media instagram facebook twitter um especially twitter twitter was a hit for me when it came to promoting the studio by in in the form of the content or in the form of community management community management okay so everyone would how how long what do you are you a good writer i have to say yes i am are you good at ideas really really good at ideas what do you just lack of um jersey you want to work at vayner media sure okay (laughs) you're kidding me right now (laughs) i'm not fucking kidding you right now wow You're kidding. I'm sorry I'm emotional, but this is like unreal. <laughs> Denise, I'm not kidding. Like life is about giving people opportunities. You said yes to two things we need, whether it's Team Gary or it's on Vayner Media. Like we're hiring creators and you're local. Where do you live in Jersey? I live in Belleville. Love it. I think that you should apply for a job and I have a funny feeling I know who to talk to to help you. Okay. So you should email me right now at Gary at VaynerMedia. And obviously right now we're going through all this. So I'm having meetings 10 hours a day to make sure we're saving every job before we start giving them out. But okay. this, is, this isn't going to be too long for us. And um, I want you to meet the head of our creative department. I want you to meet Andy on my team. And we're going to analyze from our subjective opinion how good you are. I would send me an email with 50 to 10 to 50 posts that you posted for the studio with links to the tweet, the Facebook and Instagram, and then write a line or two of why you did it, how you made it. And when I say how you made it, did you come up with the idea and write it? Did, were you, how did the picture get made? Did somebody else do that? Did you make that? Did you take that photo? Give me how the piece was made um, and how you thought about it. Send me 20, minimum 25 of those. And even if it's community management, like how you reply to this person and why. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I have a funny feeling your life just changed. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. You're welcome, Denise. Take care. You're welcome. See ya. Bye. Fucking giving out jobs here during Corona on Tea with Gary V. That's just how it fucking happens. You know, I'd be lying if I didn't say Jersey girls always have a soft spot in my heart. Okay, I just, I just, Eric, what's good? Hey, Gary, sorry to interrupt you. I was just chatting with Dustin. Didn't mean to cut it and keep. Don't worry, bro. I'm the king of cutting people off. So, oh, Dustin just <laughs> muted you. So yeah, uh, anyway, no, that. <laughs> no worries. So uh, yeah, just uh, actually, I lost my flow. I don't give a fuck. Let's go to Eric. But share, share, <laughs> no. share. If you're watching this right now, look, we're fucking giving people real advice. I think two of the pieces of advice that I've given are two of the better pieces of advice I've ever given. We just give somebody a fucking job. Like, we need this shared. Dustin Wiggins, I see you, bro. If you haven't fucking tweeted, I'm going to take you out of the queue. Miska, you're going to be out of the fucking queue. I'm telling everybody right now. I need every, there's 5,000 of you fucking, Andy K or Dustin, how many, pe- how many people are fucking watching this? Can the team text me on WhatsApp what the numbers are currently? What are the numbers? There's probably fucking... 5,000 people, 10,000 people watching this right now and nobody's fucking sharing it on Twitter and I like looking at Twitter while I'm doing this because I'm fucking ADD'd out and I need to see the action so if you don't fucking share the link to this or your screenshot of this, I'm fucking angry at you. We're giving out fucking free content here on Team with Gary Me changing fucking lives. Let's fucking go. Dustin, what's good? <laughs> Gary, appreciate that. I mean, that was super awesome to see what you just did. I love, I love the content you produce. I love the energy you give to us entrepreneurs. 
Um, just deeply appreciated, brother. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Where are so, you from? Uh, Las Vegas. Love so it. It's bright and early here right now. Yes, it is. Thank you. So my, my question for you, Gary, is out of all the experiences that you've had as an entrepreneur, considering your successes and your yep. failures, yes. what, what is one thing that you've learned that you wish you understood when you just started out? Uh, that I, that my biggest vulnerability was that I, I value positivity so much that it skewed too far and I was unable to give critical feedback, uh, often enough, which led me to not being as candorous as it's required to be a leader, which led to people for a good 20 years of my career, be surprised, shocked or appalled by being fired because I didn't give a good enough feedback during the process and that my kindness and compassion was my strength, but also my, was my macro strength, but was a micro vulnerability and needed to be rounded out with candor and feedback. And to this day, as I sit in front of you right now, it continues to be a weakness of mine because I'm optimistic. I put it all on my shoulders. If Dustin Wiggins is not performing, I'm like, okay, I've got to motivate him. I'll figure out a different thing. I'll move his department. I'll find another way. Instead of saying like, Dustin, you're just not putting in the effort of the same people around you and you're being exposed because this is a hardcore place. Or Dustin, like you're insecure, which is making you manage mm. people in a way that, you know, really isn't like up to stuff here. And I'm really, really concerned about it. Um, and so, you know, that, that, is a, that is a real thing that I, I worry about, um, uh, that I need to be more candorous. That's cool. Can I, can I give you a chance to do that to me right now? I can. Well, what's right, funny is, what's funny is it's why I crush on Q and a it's cause I'm very candorous when I do this because you're an acquaintance or a friend when somebody works for me, they're my family and I, and something yeah. broke down over the 20 years there. But I, listen, the reason I can talk about it now is I've gotten to a much better place, much better place. Uh, real quick. Uh, this is going to be a learning for everybody. Watch this. I'm sorry to interrupt, Dustin. Uh, whoever's, whoever's woman or manning my Instagram live on my team right now, please bring in somebody uh, into like the queue, like to FaceTime with. What team, what that's going to do is it's going to push back a push notification for everybody that follows me. And the 1,200 people that are watching on Instagram right now will bump up to four to 5,000. Do that every 10 minutes. Uh, can you please confirm on the WhatsApp that whoever on Instagram heard me on that and can do that? Uh, the re-bump the re will help. The re-bump will help. Anyway, Dustin, go ahead. All right. So for that candid feedback, for about a decade, I've had a very deep passion for being an entrepreneur. And I've been shooting everywhere. Like I've owned a small dry cleaning business, publishing company. Um, I've done e-commerce, private labeling a little bit of manufacturing, just crazy all over the place. And I love everything. I'm like so interested in everything, but, oh, and even, even now I own a, about a year ago, I invested in a travel franchise, which is kind of a rough time right now. Um, but I'm just all over the place. My social media content, I love your book, Crushing It, is like my YouTube channel. You could watch my kids shaving, me giving a, a pitch on some business, and then, you know, some other crazy thing, about a posture language or something. So I'm just like all over the place. And um, I just feel like I, 
I can never really be truly successful at anything because I'm just too busy doing everything. What uh, advice could you give to me to focus? Have you, uh, I, I don't know if it's focus. Let's dig here. We'll go Candrus. Have okay. you ever, have you ever had a successful business? Like, and, and, and when you say yes, or kind of, uh, tell me how successful let's really break well, it down. What, well, actually, I mean, let me start over. I apologize. What is the most successfully financial business you've ever had during this run? And it's okay, brother, listen to me and listen to me. Good. This is real talk. This is like, we're turning Corona into like the, we're putting fucking lines. <laughs> we're putting fucking happy lines in this coronavirus. Um, yeah. So I've, do I've, not, I've do done not nothing. Be embarrassed. Tell me the truth. Nothing but bootstrapping for me. I haven't gone into excessive amounts of debt except for when I bought the dry cleaning business. And Gary, that was tough, man. Like, you know, you know how to small business. Of you course, know, like bro. sixteen hours a day working until my hands were bleeding. Like and that was insane. When was and that? That was two thousand and fourteen. Just got back from oh. Afghanistan. I was in the National Guard. Thank and I uh, couldn't find a job when I got back. I mean, I, I did. I was a, a server for $2.10 an hour at some Utah restaurant and then a 911 dispatcher for like eight bucks an hour. So I was doing those two things. I was like, I can't do this. So I bought a dry cleaning business, knew nothing about it. I would say that was when, my most. Went into debt? Oh, significant amounts of debt. Yeah, I had a big house, nice, well, the business. And it was just insane, right? My student loans, my wife's student loans, it was wild. And um, how are you I, able I bought to, it wrong. How, how, how were you able to get, were you able to borrow money because of your, your yep. status in the National Guard or because people were just lending money in 2014 or why? Yeah, I got, I got a, a, let's see, it was my, um, my wife's father who owned several businesses was able to lend me I some see. money so to do fam- it. So I respect that. Amazing. And, yeah. And and I, so, go ahead. So I... For for a year in that business, I was nonstop living there, and uh, I bought it wrong. I didn't notice. I didn't know what to look for on a P and L statement. I didn't know why there was no labor costs on there. Didn't even think to look and to ask. But the dude had his entire family in there working, and I was just by myself. And right, so, so it I seemed to, more had, profitable than it was because exactly. there's no labor costs in there because he had free labor yep. from families. Understood. So I had to hire people. All my profit that I was making just went to fix, fix broken machines, hire people. And it was just insane. Um, but I, I did grow the business. The revenue increased about 35% in that first year. Why? I started doing, uh, implementing automations, like listening to advice from people like you, uh, the E-Myth was a huge book for me that helped me get through that. Um, but then, like, because I wasn't paying for my family, I was going into excessive amounts of debt on my credit card. It was just insane. And then I got an offer from the, the government to go serve as a teacher in a full-time military position. Had to take it. Understood. Sold the business, sold my house, made enough money to pay off all of my debt including my wife's loans, my, my wife's student loans and my student loans, all the credit card debt, the business, everything. So I start, I, I went from tons of debt, mountains of debt to zero. <laughs> I didn't own anything, but I didn't owe anything. And that would be my most successful, I think. How'd you, ha- how'd you get the house? Um, just regular loan, conventional loan. Right. So back in the day, you had some money, you got a loan. 
And, and the house yeah. went up during the period of time that you bought it? Oh, big time. Yeah. So I made money so, off the house too. So the how, did you make money on the cleaners or you lose on the cleaners, but made money on the house and the house covered everything? Yeah. I th- the house pretty much covered everything on that. That's what I figured. And that's why I wanted to ask that question. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think so. First of all, I really like you. Like, and I, and I mean <laughs> that. Let me, let, me, let me be honest here. I think, I think something I've been thinking a lot about is likability and, and just like general vibe. I've been thinking a lot about this. So I just wanted to share that. So what's your question? Do I think you're an entrepreneur? Or how should, you, how should I think about, like focus, how, brother, brother, focus yeah. is a misnomer. People that blame lack of focus for why they're not successful entrepreneurs are trying to blame a micro thing for a macro thing. I'm the least fucking focused person I know. <laughs> and, 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 so, and, so are, and so are some of the most successful entrepreneurs I know. Now, they, she and him, tend to be focused enough on one core thing that affords them to be lack of focus. But I'm also don't focus and I'm successful. I've got, I'm a co-founder and incubated and on the board of a company called Resi and Resi goes and sells for nine figures to Amex after five years. I, I'm, awesome. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to build wine text and yummy text. If you drink wine or eat gourmet food, you better sign up, Dustin. Uh, I'm trying to build <laughs> wine text and yummy text for my dad. That's good. I'm doing baseball card and sports card hustle. That. I'm producing content. That. I'm public speaking. That. I'm the CEO of a thousand person company, which is a thousand person holding company. So it not only is Vayner Media, but it's Pure Wow and 1.37 PM. It's the Sasha Group. It's Vayner Speakers. It's Tracer. Now, why can I do it? Because in Tracer, Jeff Nicholson and Leighton Welch, I don't do anything for that business, like except be there for them because they're capable. Same with Zach Mackler and Vayner speakers. Maybe I'm the biggest speaker on there, but Zach and Steve, they run that shit, right? Gary, James I love Orsini, that. Yep. You know, so like, but I'm helter skelter like crazy, but I'm just great at being an entrepreneur uh, because I'm good at it. Like it's what I'm good at, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, and like the reality is just because you took a huge L on the cleaning thing or a solid L, that doesn't scare me because you obviously didn't grow up being a businessman and so you and even if you did i would argue not seeing that the PL didn't have employees on it is a rookie mistake that even people that were meant to go on and build good businesses and growing a business 35 percent on the consumer side is a big deal i would argue it's harder to build a business 35 percent growth than it is to learn the learnings of the boring shit of PL taxes things of that nature so there's a lot of interesting elements here yeah, I grew, I grew up in a trailer park in North Vegas. Very <laughs> like I did not have That's, any no, no, business but real acting quick, growing but we, up. No, 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 no. There's an unlimited amount of people that grew up in trailer parks that went on and built hundred million dollar companies. Oh yeah, I got it's the story. Not about, it's <laughs> I not just a, want the success. <laughs> but but brother, they had the natural talent. Mm-hmm. In the same way that you have super pretty eyes, and that's what you were given. <laughs> is the same way that some people were given entrepreneurship in the same way that you were given the bravery to defend this country. Like, and I'm so grateful for that. And there's a lot of people Thanks that don't have support, the stuff. Man. And honestly, Dustin, I want you to hear this. I don't know, you know, I think if I was drafted, I would go, but I don't know if I have the DNA of like raising my hand to go, right? I would, I would always go if I got drafted. I wouldn't have been one of those people in the seventies that went to Canada or faked a knee injury. I would have fucking gone but I wouldn't have been fucking raised my hand in God yet. Like that's not in my stomach, but it's in your Gary, stomach. One of the reasons I even signed up for the military was I read an article in Forbes that talked about these leaders in these fortune 500 companies or veterans 
prior military service, I was like, all right, there must be something there that I can I, I, I'm worried that the kid that grows up in a trailer park puts money on a pedestal and puts business on a pedestal because they didn't have it. Yeah, you're probably right, man. I know I'm I mean, right. The amount of people that don't come for money that then put money on a pedestal versus, for example, not coming for money, but it was my calling. I didn't know anything else, brother. Mm. At five years old, six years old, I didn't, there was nothing. I didn't know business existed when I was pulling flowers out of yards and selling it. I didn't know business. I didn't know. I mean this at six years old as an immigrant in a Russian family, I didn't know that business. I don't, I didn't know that business existed when I started a lemonade stand. I didn't know. I'm not even sure I understood business existed when I was doing baseball cards. It was my calling. I was like, I always think of business for me. Like, you know, those light things that those zapping light things that sit outside in people's porches. So yeah, absolutely. What are they called? Like zapper or what the, I don't know, whatever the fuck they are. Those lights, that to me is business. And I'm like a little fucking mm. ladybug or a fly or a wasp just flying right into it. There was no other option. It wasn't because it was a reaction mm. to my financial status. I wasn't sitting in a trailer park at 11 saying, I'm going to get out of here. It's money, money, money. I'm never going to fucking worry about next paycheck or worry of running out of gas. A lot of people put money on a pedestal out of dire situations, which gives them a bad relationship with the game of entrepreneurship because they're trying to use the game to give them money. They're not respecting and loving the game for the fucking game. You're right. You're totally right. And I I had this realization recently um, because I've gone through dozens of failures and I think my main, I think this is why I failed to be honest with you, because I put money as the focus, not serving others. And And that has, and brother serving yourself. Like I love my fucking game. Like, I love it right now. I love that I'm going to hang up in an hour and seven minutes and go into a finance call and try to figure out some sort of thing with snacks or the security guards at Long Island City or travel expenses because I have to save every job to the best of my ability. And then I'm going to have to go into next week or the week after and have the really tough process of going through every employee and realizing that, I mean, we've had, we had seven to 10 employees that were on the being let go block a week before corona and some of them like we just didn't get around to it It was gonna be the next week and you know and like what do i do with them right like like those are people that are underperforming that are are detrimental to our business but right now um even though the right count the counsel i'm getting which is proper from my leadership which is like look we're gonna have to still make those moves it is this is the new normal i'm struggling with doing that during this time but at the same token then that makes people that are crushing it vulnerable if this is prolonged that's fucking you know what a rock and a hard place is that yeah, that's insane but, but but guess what i love it because that's my response it's exciting yeah yeah it, and it's, it's, not exciting. A, it, it's it, it's exciting not because i'm in control it's exciting because i i don't know anything other than being accountable being a leader put it on my back i got this guys i got this gals like that's who i am in business I'm not sure that I'm that guy when it's going into uh, uh, enemy territory in Afghanistan. I don't know if I'm that guy. I don't think I'm the, I got this guy. I got these gals. Like, I don't think I'm that. I don't think I'm, I got this guys. I got this gals when the shed breaks during a tornado and we have to rebuild it. I don't want to fucking build a shed and <laughs> fuck it, you know, in the backyard. Like, like, you know, like I don't, you know, I, you know, I don't know, if, you know, I, there's a lot of things that I'm not, but I am an entrepreneur. 
and during this period right now, we're about to find out who is and isn't. And, and I can promise you right now, in one man's point of view, an entrepreneur is not going to be the entrepreneur that I define when she or he does it strictly for the money. And a lot of people do it for the money. And a lot of them do it because they didn't grow up with it. A lot of them do it because they're insecure and they did grow up with it and they need it to continue their fucking reputation. Um, I do it for fucking gain. And you need to figure out what you like. And, and I would argue that it, it's servicing me, let alone servicing people. I don't think it's, the way your sentence was described was very altruistic and very noble, but I don't believe in that. I believe that fucking entrepreneurship is serving me. It is my oxygen. It is the blood that runs through me. I am built for it. And, and I feel like right now, entrepreneurship's on such a pedestal that a lot of people who are numbers, Dustin, I promise you right now, just even spending a little time with you, you'd be a really good number seven with me. You'd be a really good number seven with me. Do you know what I mean? And right now, a lot of people who are number sevens want to be number ones because it's cool or they want the fucking money and they're going to get caught. And I think you've continued to get caught. Um, and I think you need to have that conversation with yourself. Hmm. Or find something that you love so much and then build a business model on top of it. Have you read Crush It? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Go, I love that right? book. Go read it right now. Go read it. <laughs> okay. Because what I wrote in 2008. I, I haven't implemented a lot of it. Like I'm not posting daily because I'm all over the place and I don't feel like, I don't know. By the way, I, being I all over the place. Dustin, that's not true. Being all over the place is the, this is back to, um, for everybody out there right now who's blaming I'm all over the place. I have too many interests. There's too many ideas. I'm all over. You're fucking full of shit. Because <laughs> okay. if you're all, Dustin, if you're all over the place, that means you have more shit to post about. Right. Yeah, you're, absolutely. You're, Dustin, you're not in a creator's mindset. You're not taking a screenshot of this <clears> right <throat> now and then posting it on, on Instagram. You're going to do it now. I'm watching your eyes. But like, <laughs> but like you're, Dustin, you're not in a creator mindset. You're not in the mindset of a creator that I try to get crushed it into, which is right now you take a screenshot of this and this becomes a great Instagram post where you let your whole heart out and you write a fucking manifesto underneath this picture and say, look, Gary V fucking gave me a, you know how some people get a back readjustment? Gary just gave me an entrepreneurial mental adjustment. I've got to take a step back and write your fucking heart out. That's going to be your most successful Facebook and Instagram post. And by the way, when yeah, you're all right. over the place, when you're all over the place, you're golfing, you're picking up coffee, you're talking to your wife, you're fucking like this, you have an event, like you walk by cleaners and take a photo. You could create content all day long. Crush it is not about posting all day long, though that is part of it. Crush it is about, hey, if you love skiing, hey, if you love tea, hey, if you love the Yankees, you have to start making content around that. And then you can layer business on top of it. You love the Yankees? Like everybody who's home right now, fucking stuck. Start a podcast, a YouTube show, and an Instagram around your favorite thing. Make videos about, if you love an NFL team, you're set. There's free agency, there's things to talk about. Become your local sportscaster. Take your hot takes, post. And then after a year of that, Maybe you can get to a place where somebody wants to sponsor your Yankees podcast, the Yankee shop for 2,500 a month. And you start building, you start building. It's about building a business around something that makes you happy, not the business that you think is going to make you the most money. Do you know why everybody's into Agreed. cryptocurrency and cannabis and social media and real estate and, and, and wall street selling <laughs> money, money. Yep. And 
and when you make money the goal, you become fucking vulnerable mentally. You become vulnerable fucking mentally. I know fucking unlimited people that fucking went into something, actually made the money, but they fucking hate it. And three years, at first they needed the money, but three years in, now they've got the money and now it's fucking handcuffs because they need the money because now they've started spending it. People who don't have anything, when they get money, then they start buying dumb shit. Right? <laughs> You're right. Because that's part of the whole equation of the psychology of not coming yeah. from anything and getting money. They want the money not for stability and peace of mind. They want the money for the BMW that they saw the rich people owned when they walked across the highway from the trailer park to go to the mall. And they're like, one day I'm going to have one of those. They put fucking things on a pedestal. They, their insecurities of their status is driving them. And, that's what the, and plenty of people can be successful through deep insecurity but they're not happy fucking people. Let there be no fucking confusion on this tea with Gary Vee. I'm not talking about successful entrepreneurship. I'm talking successful life. Happiness. Absolutely. Yep, I agree Happiness. with you. 100% Gary. And you're beast, Gary. Thank you for the daily grind like and all the, all the awesome content you put out. Rewatch really this. Rewatch this. I will. Rewatch <laughs> this. Have this conversation with you. If, you, if you're gonna If you're gonna start another business, Build it around the thing that is your number one hobby or your number one curiosity or your number one interest. I talk number a lot one. about, yeah, I talk a lot about Yankees. I would also talk about like, if you wish you were a cook, let's talk about something else I've never talked about. I just thought of it. Or the journey. I think an incredible uh, podcast, YouTube series and Instagram content and TikTok for you would be the journey of becoming a chef with Dustin Wiggins. Hey everybody, it's, I'm gonna start role playing. I'm gonna, I'm using the Corona to really go deeper. Ready? I'm gonna role play. Here's Let's your first it, video. Yeah. Let's make pretend you wanted to be a chef. This is for everybody, not necessarily maybe you, and then maybe I'll ask you what your favorite thing is. Hey everybody, it's uh, Dustin Wiggins. I'm starting this new show. Big shout out to Gary Vee for finally pushing me to do this. I'm starting this new show with, called Be The Journey of Becoming a Chef with me, Dustin Wiggins. Uh, in this show, in all my content on social, you'll be seeing me trying to become a chef. After this rare encounter, chance encounter with Gary Vee on live stream a couple weeks ago, he encouraged me and I, and I realized I, I, I really want to be a cook. Now, let me start by saying this. The reason it's called the journey of becoming a chef is I might not succeed. I might not be great at cooking. But what you're going to see in today's episode, first, I'm going to tell you a little bit about me, about you know, what, you know, how, I, how I grew up in a trailer park, how I went to Afghanistan, how I failed in a laundromat, where I am in my life. But what this show is really going to be about is like literally you, the world. And I know right now there's only four of you watching. Thanks for my family and like my father-in-law and like <laughs> my two friends, but like, but soon and hopefully this will be bigger. This is going to be the journey of me becoming a chef. You're going to literally watch me watch YouTube videos and learn how to slice with a sharp knife. And I'm sure I'm going to cut my finger and bleed. You're going to watch as I taste things I've never tasted before. Like what the fuck is foie gras and escargot? <laughs> this is going to be me trying to become a chef. I hope you enjoy it. Each week I'll answer a couple of questions about you going through what journey you're going through. I'll have a tip of the day. Uh, once a week, I'm going to try to put out a recipe. I'm sure they're going to suck at first, but this is going to be one of the great journeys. Now let me transition mm -hmm. to who I am. I was born in a trailer park. That, that Dustin, that is for you and everybody else who either, there's two ways to go about this. There's no excuse for anybody to not start a podcast, YouTube show, and a content series on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Here's why. Either you love the Yankees so much and you start your Yankee show. Let me give you the new one. This is the next one. Hey everybody, it's Mike Playa. Uh, stuck at 
the Corona thing. My, uh, my ticket business isn't working right now. So I'm starting this podcast about, you know, Yankee talk with Mike Playa. Uh, grew up a Yankees fan in Long Island. Uh, da, 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 da. All right, now let's talk about free agency. I'm really worried, and let's talk about our rotation. I'm really worried about J.A. Hop. Either that, you're that guy or girl because you love the Yankees, or you've always wanted to learn how to, and you start a format called the journey of becoming that person, and now you're documenting. You're either a fan and have expertise in the Yankees because you love it, or you're documenting the journey of becoming something you wish you were, and and those two formats cover every fucker that's watching this episode of Tea with Gary B. I want no fucking excuses. Enough of worrying about what people fucking worry about. Let's create yep. content. All right. I, All right that's Justin. brilliant, Gary. Appreciate you, you, brother. Love you more. See ya. I don't know what everybody thinks, but like, if you don't tweet that this is the most brilliant fucking content, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm giving it my all, like, I've been winning in content for a decade. Like, I'm taking it to the next step on this tea with Gary Vee. Like, we're fucking changing lives out here during the fucking coronavirus. Who's next? Miss Miska. Hey, Gary. Hi, Miska. Can you hear me? Hi. Hi Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm about to cry, so I'm not going to cry. <laughs> um, yeah, I hope my kids are watching this because my son is such a fan, and he turned me on to you, and I just... This is such a hard time right now with yes. educators, it's, it's, especially. It's just cra it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And I just, I just appreciate you so much for what you're doing for everyone, uh, but especially me today. <laughs> I'm just very excited. Thank so, you. Yeah. What can I answer for you? Um, I, you know, I, I'm an educator. I've been an educator for 23 years. Um, teaching is what I know. Um, Although I have tons of other interests, I've owned businesses with my husband. I've always had a side gig. Um, I was listening to you talk about when you started as a child. I, you know, I came from an entrepreneurial family. Like I started cleaning houses when I was 10. I was babysitting. I was, um, you know, making money and hustling as a child. And now as a teacher, like my everyday reality has been taken from me. Um, my sense of structure, my sense of routine, I'm, I'm used to you know, every 15, 20 minutes, I have a routine, I have something to do every 15, 20 minutes. And so being home, my husband's working from home, I'm driving him absolutely insane as he's, you know, an IT guy, he's on his computer, and he's like, what are you doing? Sit down. And I just, um, I, I, I'm just really struggling. And I know I hear my educators, I hear their voices, I hear my colleagues. Um, I'm getting text messages all day long about like, Oh my God, what do I do? I don't know how to do this online platform. I don't know what to do about my students. I don't know how to use Zoom. I don't understand distance learning. And, you know, the districts are doing the best they can. And I'm also a union rep. I represent my, my colleagues at the state level. I represent my colleagues at the local level. And there's so much um, going on that we have to make sure we're minding our P's and Q's, right? We have to be very careful as educators, what we put out on content. Everything's being looked at. The district can pull all of our stuff. Uh, and, and I feel like everyone's just in panic mode. You know, they're just completely panicking. And uh, I know I'm born to be a leader. I know that. I know I'm step, uh, it's my time to step up and lead. I like, I know that in my heart. And I'm just, I don't know how. Well, you don't you know, know how, I'll tell you why. Uh, you don't know how, I, I believe that you're a leader. I can even tell by the way you're talking and then you tell me about the union rep and all that. I actually think the biggest thing you're struggling with is you agree with them that things are bad and scary. 
Mm-hmm. The reason you're struggling right now, it's just so obvious, is if you, for example, if you were like me, the reason I'm kind of cruising, like, and I mean cruising through this period right now as a leader, is because I actually don't think it's so horrible. So I think you yeah. and I actually, I think the biggest thing Miska I can help you with is like actually having this conversation with you of like, let's put this thing into perspective. I need that. Okay, so let's do that. <laughs> First and foremost, and, and this may be, and you follow me, so you know this will, this will be my authentic belief and it might be a, different than your belief, but I think it will be good to put things into perspective. Perspective okay. number one. Yeah. I feel zero anxiety if every child in America completely and utterly got no education from today until September 1st. That is me. I, yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I okay, don't feel that, let's, that let's that's important there. right now. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Let's stay there. Let's actually stay there. Let's okay. actually, actually, I'm very excited. Miska, I'm, I'm so excited what it's, what's about to happen because you saying that and me believing you, I'm trying to make my own judgments, has me so excited because we basically, I'm just giving you the preview, we've already won. Yeah. Let me explain why. If the reason you can't lead your fellow teachers right now is because you in, you know, you're getting bombarded with constant negativity, whether it's on TV, whether it's on social media, whether it's through your text, right? You're, yeah. you're taking on their anxiety that they don't know how to use technology, right? Yes, yes. You know, you're, you're a compassionate person, which is why you're probably a leader. And so you're taking on Sally, like you love Sally and you feel bad for her because you know, she's sad and her uncle's got the Corona and she has no fucking idea how to use, right? So you're taking this all on. Yeah. But that's because you're looking in the micro, not the macro. Let me explain. Okay. If in your mind you said, why are we even teachers? Let's go up a notch. If we are here to educate these incredibly wonderful, youthful kids, and you agree with me that if they get zero structural education from a school system, whether clearly now virtually for the next 90 days, that this will not be the great catastrophe of our time. A hundred percent. I agree. One hundred percent. So stick with me here now. Mm-hmm. If you actually believe that, when Carol texts you like, I don't fucking understand Zoom, and parents are going to be mad at it, and then <laughs> when you call her and say, Carol, Ca- actually, I love teaching, Carol, let's call a spade a spade. <laughs> I mean, if these fucking kids, these kids aren't going to be paying attention anyway. They're going to have another screen open, and half the yeah. parents aren't going to make them do it anyway. Yeah. And let's be honest, you know, I know it's fucking fifth grade and they're taking the national court, yeah. but like, but like, let's call a fucking spade a spade. They're going to, every child in America and the world right now is going to learn more through the serendipity of going through adversity, who they are. I'm sure a lot of them are going to spend time with family that they would have normally not. Stories, looking through old pictures. They're going to learn about themselves. A lot yeah. of them are going to love, do you know how many kids are going to go back to school in September with a renewed love and appreciation for school? because it seemed great on paper, but then they realized the social aspect and the routine. Miska, yeah. this is a piece of cake. Miska, our, your great grandmother went through fucking wars. Like she wars, 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 wars. Yeah. The fuck, yeah. what, what are we, are we really crying about eight days at, at home? Like who gives a fuck if fucking Mr. Rippers doesn't know how to use fucking Zoom? 
<laughs> you're right. you, don't, yeah. you don't have the right perspective right now. I know. I'm, I'm taking on all of their anxiety and I feel um, nervous to speak my you mind. Ag you agree with them. And yeah. actually, I'm sorry. A, I believe I believed that you agreed with them. If it's B, that you're scared to speak your mind of, well, well, speak your mind to me. What's your mind? Like, honest, no bullshit. What is your mind that you're scared to speak of, of uh, on when you, when you are having these interactions? I think I, I could care less 100% if they're doing any online learning. Actually, mm -hmm. I teach five-year-olds and I want them to feel safe. I want them to um, connect with their families. I want them to get outside and breathe some fresh air. I want them to know that I care. I Zoomed with my kids the other day. I had five kids on. They were so excited. They showed me their toys and they were bringing everything out. They were showing me their dogs and they were excited to see their friends. It's about connection and relationship. It has 0% to do about let's get them on an online learning lesson. I mean, the district is trying their best and I understand, but they're pushing out a packet. Like what the fuck is a packet going to do for a five-year-old? What's a packet going to do for a child? They're, they're going to be 12 when they leave us. And they, they don't need, they don't need what the district is pushing out. I understand. I, I sent a text to my co colleagues yesterday. I said, I don't, you know, I care 0% about the online learning. I care about their heart. I care about their mentality. I care about uh, their anxiety levels. I care about, um, are they safe? I care about, do they know that we, we care about them? I 100% care about the relationships and the connection and teachers are freaked out right now. And I care about them. I care deeply about them because I understand where they're coming from. So I just, I, I've been putting a lot out there about like managing my own anxiety. I've been watching a lot of, um, you know, Brenda Bouchard and taking a, a good wellness class online. I've been really just learning myself up instead of consuming. Like I don't watch the news because it gives me anxiety anyway. Like if I need to see something, I follow the who I follow CDC. That's what I follow. Um, and, and one thing that I think you and everybody else is listening should also take advantage of during this time. I would argue that I want you to watch more CNN, more Fox, more Facebook, more Twitter, because it's not about people think the way to solve things is cutting it out. I think the way to solve things is to calibrate it. There's a fundamental difference between cutting out and calibrating. Yeah. If you're going to run, you know, people are running away from it because it gives it like, ah, fuck the news, fuck Facebook, ah, fuck Twitter. No, 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 no. Work on yourself to quantify yeah. the information. Okay. Okay. Right? Like one of the, you know, like to me, back to school terms, one of the things that happened to me in school was I learned how to quantify the information that I decided was going to bring me value in my self-esteem and self-awareness that I had even at a very young age, which was a blessing and a gift and great parenting and serendipity. But like, that's why I paid attention to history class because I thought that patterns and human patterns would be valuable. That's why I can talk to you about your great grandmother. I, I am struggling Outside of a family that has a death because of Corona, yeah. which is the ultimate because that yeah. is war. Outside of that, everybody else I'm struggling with because I'm trying to get them to create perspective around what their great grandmothers went through. Yeah. My family came from Hungary, so I get it. My dad came when he was, I you mean, know, Jesus. 12 years old and, you know, they so you really get split it. up. I get it. I get it. I'm from an immigrant family and but, but, first generation. But, so but, I get but, that. But, but I need you to really get it because your anxiety yeah. right now, it doesn't get it. You're full of shit. No, you don't it doesn't. Get it. If you're anxious yeah. about fucking Corona for a week in the house, 
safe as fuck with the fucking internet and with Zoom and fucking all these blessings, you don't fucking get it. You're you right. Get it, you get it on paper. I need you to put it in your fucking soul. Yeah. I, I, and I need to. I just need to, I, I need to, like you said before, Listen, to every other simple. person, execute. Execute and share and tell stories and, uh, you know, deal Miss hope. God. Yeah. Your fucking father was 12, a 12 year old child. We live in an America now where parents don't let 12 year olds go outside by themselves because they're scared of You're fucking right. everything. Your fucking yeah. father left hungry and came to America. There's 42 year olds that don't know how to do that. Yeah. Like, do you don't think, like, do you understand the lack? Do you understand that your great, 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 great grandfather and grandfather in heaven right now from Hungary or wherever you're from looking down at you and making fun of you? Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, they're like doing the whole, you know, immigrants like, like this fucking guy. Like we had to fucking take shits outside. We had fucking, yes. we had fucking, we had the black plague. We had the fucking black plague. These fuckers yes. are worried about like, are you like, we like not getting groceries. <laughs> I mean, what a yeah. fucking joke. Like I, yes. I don't, I like, I'm not, and I'm not razzing on you. This is macro talk. I'm, I'm, I don't have my routine. Guess yeah. what? That's life. This is yeah. a great opportunity for you to get used to not having a fucking routine. That's what life's yes. about. That's what, that's yeah. what pa a pandemic is about. That is what an economic downturn is about. That is what everybody has gone through. We are human beings, Black Plague, yeah. World War II, the fucking Holocaust. Like what are yes. we talking about here? We're babies, we're wimps. We have slavery. Basically. Fucking slavery. Yeah. People were having a nice yeah. old time and we fucking went to their country and dragged. Are you fucking kidding me? Fucking, yeah. you know, you know, you're a woman. You like, like sexism. That's been your entire life. They're like, you know, minorities in this country, uh, uh, the, the relationships with authorities and like misnomers. And like, I, like, what are we, your routine? <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. I know I'm right. You're fucking routine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, I, yeah. I, like people, and this is not just you. I, I got a DM, Gary, you don't get it. Like me going to the gym and getting my coffee in the morning. That's the way, like, I have to start my day. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I literally wrote back the person. I'm like, your $140 <laughs> membership to Equinox and your $7 coffee it is like how you live as a human. You fucking suck. That's what I wrote. <laughs> this guy. Yeah. You're yeah. a fucking leader, be a fucking leader. Speak your truth and fucking build real perspective. There's not a, I, net, net, there's not a single kid in, I'm actually making a bigger statement. Every kid in America is better off what they're gonna learn right now than what the normal curriculum would have been in their fucking classroom the last three fucking months. This is a blessing. Every teacher should rejoice in all the things that kids are gonna learn about. They're gonna learn about themselves. Yeah. Instead yeah. of the fucking robot fucking curriculum, like fucking routine that they were used to, not giving a yeah. fuck, texting when you guys turned around and wrote on the board. I know you have five-year-olds, but um, this is for all teachers. Like, take a step back. Good news. Yeah. They're going to have the rest of their fucking life in the normal way of school. This three-month year, this three month thing is a fucking mitzvah. They're going to fucking yeah. learn something. Yeah, I get it. So can I ask you another question? So on the sure. side hustle, uh, yes. on the side hustle gig, uh, I've just been kind of sitting on it. It's network marketing. Um, and I've, I, I'm a little nervous to pull the trigger and I don't know why it's probably, I know why it's because, uh, I'm afraid of what people are going to think if I reach out. So what's your advice there? It's health and wellness. Um, look, I can I'm tell not, you what it I, is. I, I'm, I personally, and a lot of people get mad at me when I say this, but I'm comfortable just like you tell the truth. I'm not a humongous fan of the structure of what network marketing looks like. 
like mm-hmm. how it's structured with the trees and the theaters. And I have plenty mm-hmm. of wonderful people who come, who say you're a dick, Gary, and you're wrong. So A, A, you know, to me, you have to ask yourself why you're scared to reach out. Are you scared to mm-hmm. reach out because you're not a natural salesperson? And even if mm-hmm. you were selling this mug on the internet or door to door, you'd feel uncomfortable. Or like many people that I talk to, are you fearful because you actually deep down, you may know a friend or two that have been financially successful with network marketing, but you and your soul don't act like me, don't actually believe in the way it's structured and how people are compensated and selling on selling on selling on people. It's not even about the product, it's about the structure and the system mm-hmm. and the kicking back. You have to ask yourself that question. Okay. Okay. Right? Awesome. Mm-hmm. Love you. Thank you. All right. Talk. Thanks so much. Niska, listen to me. Be a fucking leader. I am. Thank you so much. You got it. Bye. Right, let's keep this going. Bye-bye. Dustin, what do you think? Some good shit, huh? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you didn't seem super enthusiastic. There, Dustin. <laughs> All right, Eric Savage, what's good? My uh, last name, a little too much like Randy the Macho Man Savage and trying to jump in the ring before it was my turn. So I apologize for cutting you off. You didn't cut me off. Go ahead, Eric. <laughs> so, Gary, my question is, I'm 28 years old. I, uh, I've been working on my side hustle for about the last six and a half years. And uh, last June, I actually jumped ship from my big corporate job and, and launched a full-time uh, digital agency focused on content creation and social media management. Because again, it's been something I'm working on for six years. Everything you're, trying to, going you're, trying to, you're trying to put VaynerMedia out of business, bro? I'm not, absolutely. I'm trying to learn from VaynerMedia. You've done some really great things. but uh, I, want, I want you to win. I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> so my, my question really is around, obviously, the obvious happened. You know, Corona happened, lost all of my clients but one. Thankful for that one, doing absolutely everything I can to maintain that one, to keep the, the, the doors open. Uh, luckily, it's just me right now. I've always leveraged just part-time people to kind of fill the gaps or the voids whenever the scope you know, goes beyond what you know, I can comfortably deliver. So my question is around soliciting new business from a B2B Boring perspective. Yes, like is it tone deaf to be doing that? Um, obviously, you know, people Ready? are gonna be distracted. It's, yep. it's, to- it's tone deaf to be in sales, it's brilliant to be in branding. Do you want me to explain, Eric? Yes, please. I think it's potentially tone deaf to be like, even no matter how much you disguise it, I'm like, hey, like, you know, get a free week of my service during these times. Like, I think some people will be turned off. You making unlimited LinkedIn videos about what if scenarios, right? If you started what if with Eric Savage on LinkedIn and said, what if I was a dry cleaners during this time? Here's what I would do with social media. Brother, I always say, watch what I do, not what I say. I've started a two hour Q&A morning tea show because I'm making content because branding and content is always right because you're not asking for the sale, you're creating demand. Nobody from Nike calls you and says, would you like to buy a pair of sneakers, right? They build a brand and then you wanna buy sneakers. Nobody from Burger King calls you and be like, hey, would you like a Big Mac? No, no, they build a brand and then you come. Too many people think they're marketing and branding people, but what they are is salespeople. And when they get desperate, they become real salespeople. There's nothing wrong with sales, I love sales. During a time like this, to your point, and good kudos on you of worrying about tone deaf, this is the time for you to create fake scenarios. And so I would start what ifs around scenarios of the kind of SMBs and businesses that you'd like to hire you. 
Yeah, that's an amazing advice. And then my other question was, depending on how long this kind of streak goes with Corona, which again, hopefully it, it can be solved soon, but as a, a new small business owner, how that's going through a, you know, a big a crisis for the first time, what are these things that I can learn from this, but also how can I avoid from this, I don't wanna say scarring me, but being overly <laughs> sensitive now to cash flow or being overly too conservative where I need to be going on the offense. So do you have any tips about, you know, going through crisis before in your life of owning the business yep. of what do I yep. hold on to, but yet what do yep. I try to block out going forward? Uh, cash is oxygen, right? Being practical, but cash comes in a lot of form. There's a lot of people right now like, Gary, like I need the government's help. I'm like, no, you don't. You have $7,000 worth of junk in your fucking house. Sell it on eBay. Right? Like every, like, 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 so cash comes in a lot of forms. It's cash in a bank. It's stocks that are worth half or, or uh, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50% less. It, but it's also comes in the form of shit in your house. Like that orange hat is $7 on fucking Facebook marketplace. You know, so cash is important. That's number one. But then also have the humility to be basic. The humility to be simplistic. The hu- humility to be minimized. You know, this is so cash moving out of your moving out of your apartment to a lower apartment because you can save $413, right? Uh, You know, just really analyze, you know, every single person watching right now that's scared and crying and feels like the government should fix them should look at their credit card bill and realize they're paying for eight things on subscription that they don't need. Right. So cash is oxygen. And then number two, I play worst case scenario. I'm a big WCC fan, right? Worst case scenario you know, for you not to be scarred or demonized. So you picked the wrong time to start the business. The fucking Corona came in 52 years. You're going to tell the story about how funny that was. And the worst case scenario is you lose this one client and in parallel of trying to get another client and get a job when it might be hard to get a job, you're just going to grind and you're going to learn how to be humble as fuck. If I were you, do you have any, do you have any money saved? I I do a little bit. So I'm good for the next couple months, but not as a a as a human, right? Correct, as a human. And what are your expenses as a human? Uh, rent, student loans, uh, a car payment. But again, I've probably got maybe three months left that you know I'm good to go before I just bleed out. Do you have stuff? Yeah, yeah, uh, of course. I think you should sell stuff. And I mean this, Eric. This advice is for you and everybody else. I think this. I think that we should start. Actually, hey, uh, Bain, uh, Team Gary, I want to start sell stuff Saturday. Let's work on that for this upcoming Saturday. If you're a uh, team, if you're watching, let's start working on logos. Let's start working up with the strategy. And here's what it is. I think we, this Saturday, we should create sell stuff Saturday. E- you know, Facebook marketplace is a little tough because people pick up from each other right now with Corona, but eBay is still quite active. I've been watching it. Uh, Eric, I think you should be the poster child for sell stuff Saturday. When I hear three months and you know this, most people don't go into, let me audit every single thing in my fucking apartment right now. Everything. I mean, Eric, let's play a little bit. And some of these things may work and they may not, but let's start with clothes. Right. What percentage of the clothes that you have in your closet right now do you actually wear? (laughs) Uh, I'll be perfectly honest, probably 20%. Great. So when I think about 80% of your clothes (laughs) being something you could sell on eBay. Now, one of the things I really like it for you is you also need to learn sales, brand, and marketing and market demands. You selling on eBay is actually going to also help you with your agency a year from now. So for you, 
you know, selling stuff Saturday is gonna be a huge deal because not only are you gonna put another month in the caboot, and by the way, ironically, I think this thing sits in the two, three, four month range anyway. Right. So like, could you, could you imagine the serendipity of this Zoom and this tea time with Gary Vee leads to you selling a bunch of shit you didn't need anyway, learning how to be a marketer, a copywriter, a supply and demander, a researcher of what the right price is. Do I do buy it now? Do I start an auction? Learning, right? And that gives you the extra month, which was the one extra month you actually needed. And you're a more skilled. I mean, this is like a fucking coup. Yeah. Yeah. What else, what else, what else you got? That's something, what valuable that's fucking sitting in the house. That's fucking bullshit. An Xbox, a fucking bicycle. What do you got? What other stuff? Give me your top three stuff things. Everybody's (laughs) watching right now. Please tweet out with hashtag sell stuff Saturday with the three items that are the most valuable that you least give a fuck about that you're gonna sell this Saturday on eBay, Macari, Craigslist. Again, I think it's a shipping thing because of the Corona thing, but like, Eric, for you, let's play here. Like, what are the three, like, what are the three most valuable things you have right now in your apartment that you're actually gonna take a photo of list and sell? Absolutely, my number one sell stuff thing, and it's, it's actually, I don't know if it's a good sign or bad sign, I can go right to these three things, but it's number one, it's a, a, a triathlon bicycle. It's like super high end, uh, you know, that's gonna be a flip. That's, that's a couple grand right there, hopefully. Uh, Real quick, without knowing your expenses, if you, let's say you sell, let's say the market's down a little bit, people are taking advantage, yep. it, it sells a little less. You, you say a couple grand, let's just say it's 950 bucks, even though that's a low yep. number, but let's say that's what you get. Cause you might have to put that one on Craigslist yeah. cause it's hard to ship that. But you know, there's gonna be people that are gonna be willing to come and pick it up. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you could actually put it outside of your apartment, watch it from the door. Hopefully nobody steals it and somebody comes and picks it up. So there's social distancing with Facebook and Craigslist now that I think about it. Um, some people will be too scared and be like, hey, if he had it, you know, I get that, but some will still buy. So let's say because of all those dynamics, you get 950 instead of 1250. How much more time, what is your monthly expenses in your mind when you say you have three months? How much is it per month? It's around 1800 bucks. Cool. The fact that 50%, like think about this. You're sitting here for the last three, four days saying, fuck, I have three months. Fuck it, right? Fuck, I have three months. Meanwhile, you bought a fucking bike because you have this great ideology that you're going to be a fucking triathlon fucker. And meanwhile, you fucking rode it three times and it's fucking sitting in your house. Like, isn't this cool though? Isn't perspective cool? Like another half month is sitting in your pocket, maybe even a full month back to you saying a couple grand, maybe I'm wrong about it, but isn't that cool? Yes. Yeah. It, like, it, it definitely gives it, you optimism. <laughs> and that's, it's, it's offense versus defense. I want the government to help me. I'm in big trouble. I'm scared. Meanwhile, I have a fucking triathlon buck in my th- bike in my fucking house that buys me another fucking month. All right. Yeah. Number, number two. Yeah, for me, it's it's definitely a uh, an old laptop. I recently upgraded laptops this year. Um, you know, it's an Apple computer, so that's a couple hundred bucks probably. Let's fucking go next. And then number three, it's gonna go. You know, you can tell with the orange beanie. I'm trying to be trendy. It's you know all sorts <laughs> of streetwear uh, jackets. You know, cool sneakers, things like that. That at the end of the day, you can always rebuy on the other side of you know Corona or whatever. So that's probably a couple hundred bucks too. And that's have you eBay. ever sold anything? Have you ever sold anything on the internet? I, you know what, I'm, I'm a, and I'm not lying to you. I actually did. I just recently moved to Nashville about two months ago to be around musicians because I work a lot of musicians, and I literally paid for my entire moving expenses by selling a ton of old sneakers and things in my closet on eBay only. I mean, a couple hundred bucks and is easy. StockX posting on your Instagram where you just say, "Who wants this for five hundred bucks?" Uh, doing somebody should be really innovative and do like a QVC 
live stream on Facebook, walking around their house and saying, how much email me? Like, if you're like that kind of character, uh, you know, Macari, uh, you know, offer up, uh, close, there's some other like real post, uh, uh, Poshmark, uh, eBay, Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace. Eric, I'm really excited, man. Like, I really think you just bought yourself minimally another month, probably another two, but do me a favor, take this energy and literally like close that and like literally go post now. No, I absolutely will. Cause I, I appreciate you re-saying this. Like I said, obviously I've sold before, but sometimes in, you know, when you start to get fearful in your head, you, things kind of you go defense. And, you go yeah. Defense. And this is giving you, you know, kind of an offense. agenda to do the rest of the day. It's it, it'll jump off the call and start posting listings. I mean, it's, sell, it's action oriented. Let's make selling stuff Saturday a global phenomenon. If somebody major right now with big audiences, if you can share this, let's make this a global phenomenon. This is going to help so many people. Eric, good luck, brother. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate your time. You got it. Fuck, that was a good idea. Let's see how many people are tweeting selling stuff Saturday. There we go. Boom. There we go. Stacey Holland, I'm retweeting you. Steve Albazi. There we go. Who else has got a selling stuff Saturday? James Lice, if you guys want followers on Twitter, this is your chance because I'm retweeting the shit out of all of you, out of everybody. So far, not that many people have used the hashtag Sell It Stuff Saturday, but Steve Albasi, what's he going to say? Old sets of baseball cards, classic vinyls, old memorabilia. Let's fucking go. Let's keep this going. Johnny K, you're next on T with Gary hey. B. All right. So um, I'm a junior at high school, and I own a lawn mowing business in my town. And last year I had 16 to 20 clients and this off season I've kind of invested in a right lawn mower, a trailer. I have a truck already. And I just want to know like, what I can do to help build that and get more clients and stuff. Uh, I would run Facebook. Ad. Do you have money? A couple bucks? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Do you, have you ever run a Facebook ad to try to get customers? Yeah, I did last year. Yeah. How many different pictures and videos did you run in your local area? Like when you, I assume you ran the ad in your town, right? Yeah, just on like, we have like a Facebook town page, so I ran it on that and stuff like that. But, oh, so that means, that means you paid a group to like post something, not ran, yeah. okay, did you run actual Facebook ads? What town do you live in? Uh, Washington, Illinois. Got it. So did you go into the ad, the ads admin and t put, every, you know, 25 to 60 year olds in Washington, Illinois, and then make an ad that runs in people's feeds or you post it on a community board? I just posted on a community board. The number one thing I want you to do, Johnny K, is to learn how to run Facebook ads. Okay. When you learn that, and so how do you do that? You literally Google after we're done here how to run Facebook ads and you watch 10 YouTube videos. You're a young okay. kid. It comes easier to you. I want you to run your first Facebook ad today, even though it's a terrible ton to run an ad for a long yeah. more, you know, but I want you to just learn. Spend a hundred bucks to learn. Okay. And Here's the key with ads, Johnny. You're going to, the, the ads are broken up into two things. Who do you target? Like what's the planning strategy? And then what content do you put in front of them? For you, it's easy. You're just going to go after 30 to 70 year olds in your town and the five surrounding towns or wherever you're willing to go do this, right? Yeah. Your key is going to be the fucking content that you put in the ad. Okay. I think a funny thing to do is actually have you film yourself or some of your family right now film you literally on the lawnmower right now and be like, I know it's Corona season, but just so you know, I'm sitting in my house and I can't wait to this fucking summer to obviously don't say fucking to this summer <laughs> to, to mow your lawn. I think yeah. you'll get customers now. You know, if you okay. said, Hey, book me now and get a 10% discount for this summer. Uh, you might get some customers now. 
you need to learn how to do Facebook ads, it will triple your business. Okay, awesome. Awesome, Johnny, take care. Yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome, brother. All right, Dustin, let's keep it going. Got a John coming on. I need more tweets, everybody. Like, what do a lot of you not have Twitter? There's like 7,000 of you watching right now. I'm getting like eight tweets. Come on, let's step it up. I need to know what you're selling on Selling Stuff Saturday. Let's go. John. Gary, how you doing? Hey John, real quick, I apologize. Mm -hmm. Real quick, I want, I'm looking at some of the stuff that people are listing and I don't think it's gonna sell very well, but that's okay. Like what, what I'm most excited about is for a lot of you learning how to come up with titles for eBay posts, pictures for eBay, pictures for Facebook, pictures for Craigslist, pictures for Macari and Pushmark, like just the learning of supply and demand, the learning of selling something on the internet is more valuable than even if you sell and the dollars and during this time when everyone's you know, driven crazy, what am I gonna do with myself? This is gonna be a huge, huge thing. Sell it stuff Saturday, let's make it big. If you're watching right now, hashtag selling stuff Saturday on Twitter right now with the things you're gonna be selling. I'm retweeting a bunch of you, so a bunch of you are gonna get all sorts of new fucking followers on Twitter. This is your chance to grow, so hack me. Uh, let's make this a movement. John Thomas, what's good? Hey, what's going on? Uh, so I run Tap Cancer Out, uh, a nonprofit. If anyone is watching, if you're into grappling or MMA, I hope you check it out. But obviously, hold this on, is a John. <laughs> what? We have a problem. What's that? There is a Patriots helmet over your right shoulder. <laughs> There's also a David Ortiz bobblehead too. Big Poppy doesn't bother me, but the okay. Patriots thing. Can you do me? A, can you can you go like move it a little bit so I don't see the logo, and then we'll go right back to it. I promise. Uh, that's harsh. That's harsh. I, I know I'm a harsh man, but I'm a simple boy. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I took it All away. Right, I really appreciate it. I appreciate That's it. How much Go ahead, I my friend. I, and I care too. Go ahead, John. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's sort of an awkward time for nonprofits, not just mine, yes. but for all, yes. uh, we're event based. We're actually supposed to have our biggest one this weekend. So it's also a scary time too, because I was not planning to not have all that revenue. So we have events towards the end of the year that I'm, you know, I'm fairly confident we'll host and, and that should be fine. Having the John, have we talked, have we talked before? Yeah, I was in four D's. I remember this. I remember your whole bit. I, I'm like, I, had okay, I know, I know I, yeah, I know. I'm like, I know everything about this because <laughs> I knew, I knew we keep going brother. I love your model, by the way. Thank I you. really appreciate what you do. Why don't you give everybody actually, let's give a big shout out to it. Why don't you take one minute real quick, go fast, 38 seconds on what you guys do. Yeah, so, uh, so we host charitable Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tournaments. So we have, um, well, we were supposed to have 26 events this year, tournaments and uh, what we call showcase events. So they're like super fight events. Um, but our tournaments are for all Jiu-Jitsu competitors, any age, gender, uh, experience level. And uh, we have nine beneficiaries. So we're obviously in the cancer space. So this year we had uh, nine beneficiaries that we support. So um, we're supporting everything from research to, um, to training, uh, both domestically and internationally, survivorship support as well. We support a camp in Maine uh, for folks that are going through life-threatening diseases. So um, we sort of run the whole gamut in how we support it. And we do it all through Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is, I understand is sort of niche, but um, you know, relevant to anyone who's even an MMA fan or, uh, but John, it's mostly, yeah. I think, um, I apologize, because I just want to get to a couple fine. more before I yeah, get off yeah. here, and okay. I feel like we got the gist there. Um, look, I think back to reality, like, I think you're smart enough to know 
two things. One, the not going to events thing will run its course. Three months, six months. There might even be a blip again in the fall and winter. If you're listening to a lot of doctors, there is a belief that there'll be uh, a period where later this year in the winter, it may flare up a little bit more. So there are people, even if everything gets into vaccine mode, like one could argue that live events will decline by 10 to 30% for the next 18 months, minimally. Coming from, you know, Two, I think you're smart enough to realize that like, you know, people potentially, when the economy gets tighter, people donating is harder. Mm-hmm. People have, you know, they're worried about their, their immediate things, their charitable nature. So I think you just need to mentally wrap your head around that bunkering down. And again, and you know, this was the advice of 4Ds at some level. And it's the advice again, like this is a time for content, brother. This is story time with JT. Like, yes. this is like you putting out on, I need as you, the reason it was so quick for me to remember you was because you were such a compelling story and guy. And like, I just need you to make unlimited fucking story videos on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube because that's going to lead to the right one or my hope is that leads to one or two whales that fall in love with you because a hedge fund guy or gal are sitting there bored right now. They watch a TikTok because their 14 year old got on there, you know, and all of a sudden you tell this story, they're compelled by it and they are in a place where they have $12 million in the bank and they become your whale. Content leads to great opportunity. There's a lot of things you can't do right now. The biggest thing you can do is make content at scale at scale at scale right yeah so we were gonna we were gonna do a campfire story time with uh with jt i'm sort of crafting it because i do you know transparency is one of our biggest uh pillars that we have for our brand and and i want to be sort of honest about the realities that we're facing as an organization i don't want to be doom and gloom either i just but i want to be you know honest and we you know all of the registration and pretty much all the fundraising has screeched to a halt, but we are still seeing people actually fundraising. So I want to help them in some ways and, and um, give them advice. You know, I, earlier you, you mentioned to call every customer. So, you know, I can start calling all of our fundraisers um, who, you know, are still moving and shaking. And, and, and what I would say to you when you call your fundraisers, only call and say, thank you, thank you, thank right. you. And how are you? And is there anything I can do for you? Not a peep about asking for money. I know. So it's yeah. great, brother. Make content, bro. Please, please okay. tell stories. Please tell 15 stories about A, how you started it. That's the easiest one. Comic mm-hmm. book number one, album number one, always the easy, the origin story. But then tell stories. You know, the closest you were to shutting it down, uh, the time you got most bored with it. You want to be authentic? Talk about how seven months ago you were actually starting to get bored and actually asking yourself, you're such a young man that you have other interests potentially. Like, like tell stories. Yeah, this is also one of the things I wanted to touch on today um, is like there was a time where I insisted I was never going to do this full time. You know, I, I worked in advertising. I loved it. Fun. Um, was doing well, you know, we were hosting just a few events a year and I, I, I felt like I was making that difference. And, um, I told people I would never want to go around the country and host dozens of tournaments. You know, that's, I didn't want the carny lifestyle. Um, but here I am now and I have employees and this is the best job of my life. And, um, you know, it's, you don't have to know exactly what you're going to do, um, immediately. And the 10 to two didn't have to doesn't have to lead to millions either. You can do something that creates change. I make less than I did in the advertising world. And you're happier. I'm a thousand times happier, a thousand times. I can go on 
field John, trips with my kid whenever I want and John, uh, just if, little if, things like that. If, if, if Corona leads to 15,000 people choosing happiness over money post Corona, then, then there'll be 15,000 people positively impacted by this. Like I hope more people choose happiness. I appreciate you brother. We'll Thank talk you, soon. We'll you got it, bro. Miriam Tamori, thank you so much for talking about Sell Stuff Saturday. Gio, who is Gio? Uh, big up to you. Real kids, I just changed your life. Um, you had three followers, now you have 28. You're about to get a lot more. I just retweeted and told everybody to follow you, so that's gonna be fun to see what happens. Hello, Marianne. Hi, Gary. Uh, How are you? Here. I'm doing well. A lot of gratitude for, uh, for this. Mass, massive opportunity here. And uh, so my question is around leadership. I feel very fortunate that uh, my husband and I have an automotive repair shop. We're in Connecticut and we're about an hour away from New York City. And we're considered an essential business. So our team, small team of nine, is able to actually come to work. But focusing on work um, is a challenge because of everything that's out there and everything that they're hearing even though we've had meetings and we let them know all of the things that we've put into place and for you know the sanitation and their protection, our customers' protection, even though with that, there's a lot of outside influences. And I want to ask you for tips on how to help them, not only for you know, work, but once they leave, they go home, they're leaders. I mean, they're leaders at home, with family, with friends. And how do they get through that with, you know, that negativity that they're, they're hearing and getting caught up in that? Um, are you having a challenge that some of them, their friends and family are trying to convince them not to go into work because they're going to get Corona? Because that's what's happening with my dad's wine. But, you know, we're going through this at Wine Library right now. I've been spending yes. a lot of time with Wine Library because thank God, and we have a lot of hourly employees, we're a retail store, we are an essential business, and, we're, and we've closed the store, even though we're allowed to be open, because I wanted the employees to feel safer, but we're obviously doing the winetext.com. Marianne, do you drink wine? Yes, I do. You better sign up for winetext.com. I know you're not signed up for winetext.com. Don't hurt my feelings. Um, so anyway, we're running winetext.com and those things, um, but yet, a group, you know, some people have a wife or a husband who's like, overly watches the news and thinks you just die if you get, you know, and like has those pressures. Well, I'll tell you what we've done. We've closed the store, even though we haven't had to. That's not an option for you because there's not an internet component. We've also told every employee, if you, we are so proud and happy that we're open and capable of paying you. If you choose to not come in, then you can choose to not come in if your family or you are overly scared. We're a small, you, you would say this, I assume, we're a small business and we would have to freeze that percentage of pay. I don't know if yours are hourly or salary. Um, you may, you know, we're, we're trying to hang on and pay for even the people that are home as long as possible. But we've also been very upfront with them that like in a week or two, we might not be able to do that. And so if you don't come, that's amazing. You're more than welcome. And if you come, you get paid, but if you don't come, you can't get paid. And, and then obviously now there's a $2 trillion stimulus package. We'll see who gets affected by those. But what we're basically saying is we're not trying to trick or guilt people into coming to work. And if all nine, of, if I was your partner, if all nine of our employees didn't come in, then we would be closed in that scenario. 
you know? Um, and, and so like that is, the, that is the most powerful way to approach it. There's also the realities of like, if all nine employees then chose out of fear to not come in, that within a month you would be out of business and you've got to communicate that to them as well. They may not have a job on the other side. There's also the scenario, you know, what I told my dad and Brandon, I was like, look, if nobody comes in, I'll come into wine library and I'll pack bottles. I did it for a long time. I'm bored anyway. So like, you know, there's all those kind of games. So I think that's what you need to think about. Yeah, no, I think that's really powerful. I did go over that and did some research as far as like the pay and everything that would happen if they choose that. And then when they go home, I really wanted them to feel more empowered. So I think a few of them did. They, they appreciated the, the calm, the planning, and the positive perspective. And I think this is a great opportunity for me to share it because I started another business really helping uh, the, the trades, people that are in the trades, because I think when all this is over as a country, we're going to really have a different perspective because a lot of the people on the trade in the trades now are really what's holding everything together as far as the trucking and the construction and all of that um, were considered essential. And I think it's just even a, a different viewpoint for even parents to take, you know, if a kid wants to do something like that, you know, don't discourage them, you know, instead of saying, what do you want to do that for? I think it's a yeah, I mean, I think, look, being proud of your sector, it, to your point, is amazing. And I think, yeah. I think, I think that's absolutely right. I, I, I wouldn't over, uh, you know, when, you know, when somebody gets a, um, is driving on the highway, and then the cop lights go on, and you get scared, and you put both of your hands on the wheel. And then when the car, the cop car drives by you, you get so relieved. And for another seven to 15 minutes, you keep both hands on the car and you're 55, not 71 anymore. But then about 30 minutes later, you didn't even realize it, but you're kind of back to normal. I would just tell you to not be careful, but keep in mind, Marianne, that like, it's amazing. And I love that you have pride of your sector and like all that. Don't count on America all of a sudden you know, this, by July and August, if everyone's back to quote unquote normal, every 99.9% .9 are going to be back to the normal thinking. We're not going to have this surge of parents saying, you should be a construction worker if you want to. Like, that's just, like, that's just not the way it actually works, right? But, but to your point, I, I, I think that positivity, optimism, and practicality, right? I think in, in the framework of POP, positivity, optimism and practicality and you need all three for the right dynamic that's the right dynamic because when you don't have practicality and you're just p and o then you know just positivity and optimism then you have the potential to be pod positive optimistic and delusional which leads to death you know positivity optimism and practicality pop that's game changing and you're talking about pop and i think leaning into more of that matters but you have to be very practical along with your optimism. Oh, I love that. That's great. Um, yeah, I think that. Uh... The answer to your question in a very literal way is by you being that leader to them, it's going to bleed into them. And hopefully they'll then exude that to their people. But the reality is, is there's no other way than if they have that DNA and you set the example. Leadership is about examples. Yes, if you do absolutely. it, then, you know, Ron will take 4% of that and combat it, you know, but it's not about giving them it's almost like everyone's in like propaganda versus propaganda, right? It's like you giving them four bullet points of how to combat of why it's safe or what percentage of people don't like, that just doesn't work. 
It just doesn't. The reality is positivity, practicality. What that means is like, look, let's really look at the stats. Here are all the things we're doing to be safe. And by the way, like, and then practicality, by the way, if nobody comes in and we, and we aren't in business for the next seven and a half weeks, we do not have the cash flow to stay alive. So I want you to also think about unemployment and other jobs. Like that's real talk. Yeah. And, and being practical, I think now is a time too where even as small business owners, um, what, do, what do they say? Like necessity is the mother of um, invention, right? So 100%. Probably a lot of things, well, pro- not even probably, there are a lot of things that should have been consistent and people should have been doing all along. Now it's forcing us to do Marianne, things. Marianne, I'm getting 4,000 emails and DMs a day saying I should have listened to you. The world is virtual. Yeah. I mean, we've had our business for 20 years. So when people were not marketing during those difficult times, like 2008, 2009, we went all in. And, you know, it was scary, you know, as heck, but we did it. And the, the good thing is now looking back, it was like we were top, top of mind at that time. So try to, you know, I try to convey that to other business owners in my area, you know, I mean, changing the world is not, but, you know, locally supporting in my community. By the way, changing, Marianne, changing, let, let there be no confusion. You changing the perspective of one person is the same exact thing that I might be doing and changing the perspective of 10, that, like all you need to, like, that's why this has worked for me. I, when it was one person that was, I felt the same way when one person emailed me that I brought them value as I do today when hundreds of thousands do. It's the same game. It's one person's enough. Marianne, one person's enough. Yeah, that's true. Awesome. Take care, Marianne. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, Justin, let's sneak. We're going to do one quick rapid fire because I need a few minutes before my 11 a.m. So I'm going to try to sneak something for three, four minutes. Let's get it in. Who is it? Let's do this. Eddie coming on. Eddie. Hey, how are you, Gary? Uh, Good, bro. My quick question is uh, uh, I'm in the clinical field right now. and I want to transition into uh, private consulting, uh, startup clinics and stuff like that. Uh, I have over 15 years of medical experience. So what, what is the best way for, for me to transition into that spot? Right now, given the coronavirus, I'm in the front lines right now. So that's, I'm putting that back at the moment. But, you know, moving forward here in the next couple of months, I would like to so Eddie, transition into that. So, Eddie, thank you so much for what you're doing, your bravery and heroicism and so thank you for being in the front lines of this brother and for that and the serendipity of us being together instead of giving you a top of the funnel kind of general answer uh i'm going to have you email me it's gary at vayner media and when this is all over this summer i will get on a meaningful phone call with you and my team and we will completely create something for you the kind of thing that we normally sell for fifty thousand bucks and build an infrastructure for you to make that transition through content, which leads to opportunity. Okay. Awesome. You, do you understand what we just did here? Yes, sir. I do. Okay. Gary at Vayner Media, say you're Eddie with the weird background bridge in the background. Help him like that. And, uh, yeah, I'm driving. So I don't want to love it, bro. Don't fucking drive and fucking talk. You better pull over. I'm actually letting you go. Gary at Vayner Media. Yep. We'll talk soon. See ya. All right, sir. See ya. All right, everybody, another great episode of Tea with Gary Vee. Please share this stream uh, right now and tell everybody if they missed it, they should watch the recordings of it. 
Uh, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow. I can't wait to see you tomorrow morning. This is becoming our little ritual. Uh, I think sell, selling stuff Saturday has become a monster idea that we got out of this. I think some of my best advice in my career came out of today. This is really working. I'm really enjoying it. And it would mean the world to me if all of you, like if you don't even have a Twitter account, go create one because that's where I can see it quick. It's Gary B-E-E there. Please follow me on Twitter if you're on Instagram and Facebook or please go there right now. Please tweet at me and let me know what you thought about today's session. I know there's 10,000 people that watch today. So please, I expect at least, it's unbelievable when I ask, I only get like 18 people. If you enjoyed this, if this brought you value, please, it would mean the world to me if you tweeted at me right now and told me what you thought and shared it because I want more people watching tomorrow. I think the val- this is, I'm at the apex of my value giving and I think we can help a lot of people. Uh, I really do. And I really want people watching tomorrow. Please send this link to all your friends on email and Facebook and tell them to join you tomorrow. I saw some clubs starting on little Facebook groups. I, I mean, uh, text groups. I saw a couple of tweets of like people encouraging people to watch this. Let's get this fucking thing going. I love you. See As we end today's podcast, I want to give a huge shout out to the people. You know, it's so funny. People that leave reviews and written reviews of this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all the other platforms just mean the world to me. You've taken an extra 13 to 95 seconds to show love and also give context to people of why this is a worthwhile podcast. So I appreciate that so much. And even more fun, because uh, I think we all love a little cosign or a shout out or a little awareness. Uh, I'm gonna have the team give a couple of shout outs uh, daily on uh, our favorite reviews. So Dean, take it away. Which were our favorites this week? Thank you, Gary. Today's review, life-changing advice written in by Lord Luke says, haters without a doubt don't understand where you are coming from because they don't understand the journey you have been on. I love your passion for success and legacy and too have done the 110 hours per week but found I was in a hamster wheel taking me nowhere. My perspective has changed and has slowly changed over the past decade. What I loved about the life-changing advice episode is that it is so relevant to today for people of all ages. Even for me at 42, we are still young and still have a long life to live. If I was 18, I'd do so many things differently, but thank you for being that guy with the fortitude to pay it forward to everyone that is growing up and wanting personal success. Thank you so much for writing in, and remember, keep leaving reviews because yours could be next.